Welcome to Ability MKE Now on River West Radio. We are so glad to be here with everyone this evening. My name is Sue Roscoff, and I am excited to see uh, that we have Kurt with us tonight, as always. And Emily's kind of in the background this evening. She's semi has the evening off, and we have a very special guest joining us tonight. So Ability MKE Now, what are we? We are a show all about integration and bringing people with disabilities and people that don't have a disability together and enjoying life here in the Milwaukee area. Uh, we all have different abilities and here at Ability MKE now, we dive into the topic of diverse abilities, showcasing a variety of aspects of ability related topics. The concept of disability hits a wide range of possibilities. We could be talking about uh, physical or mental disabilities, deafness and hard of hearing, blindness, chronic pain, mental health diagnosis, goal of substance use reduction, and the list goes on. There's, there's so many pieces that could be incorporated into the concept of a disability. So with our own personal strengths, our own personal weaknesses, we all have and share in in what we do here with fun and activity in the Milwaukee area. And we are lucky to have friends that go even beyond the Milwaukee area. And I'm gonna bounce this over to Kurt to give an introduction to um, for our special guests that we have joining us this evening. So Kurt, come on and join us. And how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing just fantastic. I am happy, as you say, with the Happy Neighbor Project and the Happy Co-op, where we met Michael Simon. So Michael is a good friend. We say that right in our programs with the Happy Neighbor Project, uh, that you'll meet some of the very best of friends through HMP, Happy Neighbor Project, Happy Business Networking. And I'm just having a little bit of fun here as we produce this radio show. Uh, Martin is really good to give us a clock to uh, look at through our Zoom screen as we're providing audio through Zoom, but the visual is fun because uh, Martin's over there talking away and I can see his reflection on the clock. So we're just having a little bit of River West radio style fun here and uh, enjoying that we're going out um, live streaming through riverwestradio.com. Uh, but I just kind of want to lead into you know, our conversation with Michael, um, we were talking a little bit about his LinkedIn profile and, you know, not that we're going to hold him to everything typed in there. Maybe there may be some uh, updates or tweaks from there, but we're going to use it as a starting point. Um, at LinkedIn.com with Michael Simon uh, slash in slash balance test vets. So that's his handle there on LinkedIn. Um, entrepreneur and veterans advocate at, I'm going to pronounce it Simo Enterprises. I don't know if it's Simo for Simon, but uh, so he puts on here, no Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency, please. So obviously there's been a lot going on in that space and I guess it can get overwhelming, but we find Michael from the Twin City area, as we'd say, greater Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And we we're talking about some great adaptive programs there by the, uh, Courage Kenny program. And uh, Sue and I are familiar with that because we did a lot with adaptive water skiing. And so we're on the water ski side of what we know about that program. But Michael is experienced with what he does with Alpine 
uh, downhill adaptive skiing with the sit skis going down the snow. Um, but back to the LinkedIn profile, we got a vetpreneur helping improve people's health, giving them better quality of life through balance and the option to obtain more financial security. He reports here, I used, uh, I used to experience serious headaches, multiple pains and inflammation frequently. Now this rarely happens since going on the health protocol. OIF veteran with the ongoing recovery from large brain tumor acquired from my combat tour, he types in here, have adjusted to the new normal. Honored, medic, honorably medically retired after 10 years of service, developed skills from the corporate to the small business world to build ongoing successful business relationships. As other wounded warriors, disabled veterans believe that it is not over and once you are injured, disabled, etc. As they say in the military, get up and carry on. Specialties, new account development, building relationships, team building, fundraising skills, and advocacy for disabled vets and citizens. So to say the least, we got a nice guy. So uh, on his Twitter, twitter.com, Michael Simon says, disabled veteran, veterans, disabled advocate, and entrepreneurial paratriathlete and developing ski instructor, proud to be a veteran and American. So here we go. Welcome to Milwaukee, Michael. Um, so I, I just kind of dove into a lot of random details that you put out there in digital space. Where do you want to start, Michael, as you're here with Ability MK Now? And you know, this is Disability Advocacy Radio. What do you have to say to Milwaukee? Yeah, well, I just want to talk. And yes, I am a disabled veteran. And um, I mean, there's how you, you kind of said everything I do. So what would you like me to talk about? Um, how I got to where I was today was um, I'll just tell, start my story a little bit. Um, I grew up in central Missouri. Um, I was back in the generation where my parents, you know, I was a swimmer. Um, high school, my parents said, well, you got to go to college, you got to go to university or else you'll have, you know, that time was you'll have limited opportunities. Not that that's right or wrong. That's just what they were, you know, trained and so forth. And so I followed suit. Uh, most of my friends, because I'm from central Missouri, went to school down there, but I wanted to spread my wings and get out of the nest. So I ended up coming up, went to a small school up here in Minnesota. Um, when I was done, um, because I spent a summer up in northern Minnesota, I knew, well, I kind of like to stay up here. I figured out why people liked it, you know, and so forth. So I stayed up there. On uh, college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew is I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. So I went into corporate sales. So I did that a number of years. Um, I was a division three athlete or swimmer for three years. In my last year, I went abroad. So I studied overseas. And so about the time I got closer to the age of 30, I decided, you know what, I want to do something international. So I'll take my sales and marketing skills. So I was working on that almost with my master's of international business. And now near the end of it, um, we had a little thing called 9-11. And I really took a reflection back because I saw a lot of these younger, you know, you know, I just call them kids going, you know, getting called up and going to war. 
And I kind of took it, I said, one, what have I done for my country and or community? And I always kind of wanted to join in the reserve components. So within a year, I went and joined the National, Minnesota Army National Guard. Um, I got deployed to Iraq. Um, I mean, when you sign up, you go where they tell you to go. And I spent a long tour over there. We call it the extended tour because we were over there a month from coming home and we got extended for five months back in 07. So the time I came home, I was glad to get back to my civilian life. Um, like everything, it seemed like I did later, decided to go to college, you know, normal time or graduate. Um, I, I got married later in life, joined the military. Well, I came home and went back to my normal thing. And about nine months after I got back, my wife says, there's something up with you. You're not the man I married. And I thought, just thought, well, it must be PTSD, anxiety and stuff. So I went and after a long misdiagnosis, uh, they finally ordered the MRI because thank goodness for my wife, who's an occupational therapist, and she knows a lot about healthcare, which I know pretty much nothing about. Um, she, they ordered an MRI, they found the third largest uh, frontal lobe tumor in the history of the VA. Now that tumor was probably there. It was benign, thank God, but because of my military service and all the things, they figured that's why it grew like a weed. Now, it was benign, but it grew so large, and they caught it just in time where that's why I'm sitting here talking today. Um, so it had some life-changing effects. Um, I got, of course, medically discharged from the military. It took a couple of years. Um, but I, I had a long rehab in the hospital, the VA, and I kind of made a decision, you know, once I got service connected, so you know what? I've done the corporate world. I'm tired of it, um, you know, raising the bar every all the time. And so I decided, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. So got out. I didn't know what I was going to do, but my wife's aunt and uncle had award-winning barbecue sauce that won the Minnesota State Fair. So I'm like, everybody likes this stuff. Why don't we bottle it and put a label on it and see what happens? And we did fairly well for what we had. And one year, and we our gluten-free sauce, and this was back in before gluten-free really became a frontline issue. Now, just about every restaurant has a gluten-free side. Back in this time, they didn't have that. So we did well. I learned a lot from that. And then I marketed pet insurance for a couple of years where it was like my own business and where I built relationships with veterinary clinics. And I, the only reason I stepped down from that was because I had a breakthrough seizure because of my health condition. And then a couple of years, I just focused on doing the veterans advocacy work. Um, um, you know, and citizens with disabilities, I did a lot of, you know, met with the state legislatures and so forth. I'm a lifelong DAV member and so forth. I focused on that. And then of course, now I'm in the test-based nutrition business. Um, if you want me to tell you more about that, fine. Otherwise, I can just keep going. Um, I'm talking about skiing. Um, to back up a little about the time we started the barbecue sauce business, I went to, I was, I won, I was in a funk because my career was just derailed, corporate and my military. Um, but I went to this thing called the DEV Winter Sports Clinic out in Colorado, where it's Dis National Disabled Veterans Winter Sports Clinic. And I'd ski when I was younger, but I got back on skis and it's like all of a sudden the light came on. I said, you know what? There's life after injury. And I felt kind of alive again. 
So I got in the Courage Kenny program for a couple of years as a participant. And as I got some of my skills back in confidence, I said, you know what? Skiing's what pulled me out of my funk. Why don't I help out with this program? Because it's done so much for me and it was my way to get back. So, and from that, I also, for I do endurance sports. I do triathlons. I've gotten through a half 70.3. My goal is hopefully in about a year, I'll do my first Ironman and maybe I'll do my one and done and say I'm retired, but that's just kind of on the bucket list. I want to do it. So, so what questions do you have? First of all, Ironman. Oh my gosh. I'm so impressed. <laughs> that is, that is something I can't even comprehend. I mean, I love what we do with water skiing. I love all the sporting things that we do as well. But that's a whole new animal thinking of, of uh, going on to to be participating in endurance sports like that. That I'm hats off to you for that. No problem. <laughs> so, well, and I, I would love to hear a little more about what uh, what you've done with again, my my affinity for the skiing aspect. I actually grew up on downhill skis. So that was something that I was not a, a water skier when I was a kid, but um, my dad actually worked at a ski hill just a couple miles from my home. And actually, I'm I'm originally from Rice Lake, Wisconsin, which is about equal with the Twin well, Cities. Well, I know Rice Lake, not far from Spooner. Oh, my gosh, exactly. I am. <laughs> you know about Spooner. <laughs> oh, yeah, my mother-in-law is from Spooner. Oh, my gosh. Small world. I love that. Yeah. Spooner. No, it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, no, I, I know the area well. And when I did pet insurance, that was part of the area. So I... I've been through Rice Lake and Spooner, well, quite a few times. So, no. Yeah. Very nice. Well, there was a, there once upon a time there was a very small ski hill uh, outside of Rice Lake. Actually, just like I say, a couple miles from where I grew up, that was called Hard Scrabble. And okay. my dad worked there when I was a kid, so we were blessed with the opportunity to ski there really whenever we wanted. And I, so I was very spoiled on that. I I really got to ski a lot when I was a kid and loved every minute of it. it well. I was not always partial to the extra cold. <laughs> I still today, I'm like, the cold gets me. That's where with water skiing, we got the flip side of that coin, you know? So uh, so with what we've all done with the adaptive water skiing, I know how how, how that can be so life-changing. So tell us a little bit more about, um, about that first experience when you hit the slopes again and how that changed things for you. Well, I mean, cause I grew up skiing and granted, um, I'm from Missouri, so I grew up, and I was blessed or lucky. My we went out west skiing to Colorado and Utah and so forth. Um, so I had a, a fair amount of a skiing, and then once I got out of college or whatever and working, it just you know you always say you're going to go and you're going to do this, and I'm like, oh, I grew up out west. I don't need to try the hills here and all that stuff, and so I just never got out and did it. And then when I had my you know injury or what or illness and so forth. Um, that's what pulled me out of my funk. I mean, I felt I had a total identity crisis for like 18 months. And somebody says, you need to go to some of these things and just get some, you need to get something. So that's what did it. Um, I mean, the first couple of days I was out skiing and doing stuff again, I'm like, I knew it was there, but my confidence was so off. I mean, I'd had seizures, I had a minor stroke. And my balance and so forth. And, uh, but, you know, that first couple of days out there was, you know, different. But I came back into the courage the next 
you know, winter. And then I went back to Davie because it's always at the, you know, early spring or, you know, like late March or whatever. I, my confidence was there. And so, I mean, I had to, you know, I had to get in with instructors and said, you know, things I probably did learn when I was younger, um, that I had to be retaught those things, you know, and plus I'm probably a better skier now than I was before that because the instructing and then I work with instructors and like, you can do this, you can do that. So, you know, way it's been a, a blessing. So as far as being disabled, I mean, I've come to the conclusion life isn't fair. We're all dealt cards that we don't want or don't plan, but it's not what happens or what you, you know, it's what you do. And so, I mean, I've looked at a lot of these para-athletes and disabled athletes on ski slopes and the triathlons and so forth. None of these folks sit around and make excuses. They get up and do it, you know? So I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm insensitive, but some people say, well, you can't do that. You're too old to that. And I'm like, um, I look at folks that have a lot more, you know, challenges or forks in the road than I do. And uh, so they're doing it. So I'm not going to make it, you know. So my plan is I hopefully I'll do this stuff as long as I possibly can. So. So what inspired the the in my mind a little bit of a leap to go from uh, participating in the athletics that you're doing to to having the goal then to go forward and do the half Ironman and to be going with the endurance side of things what what inspired that? Well, I was a swimmer in college, well, high school and three years of college. And uh, what's funny in high school for the swimming, and I still officiate high school swimming, and I do that because I love it, not because I get paid a lot, because it's I like the environment. But high school is more of a sprinting. I mean, the longest event in high school is 500 yards versus when I got into college, I was almost a better college swimmer at the small school because they started having the longer events. And it's not that I was fast. I could just keep a, a pace for so long. And that's why I was, for me, I was better at the longer stuff. Well, in high in college, we had one or two, what you call intramural triathlons. And so I kind of had an interest. I kind of like cycling. And of course you join the army and I still do not like running that much, but what do you, you don't have a choice in the military, but for running. And so I came out and I talked to some of these para-athletes and, you know, up here in Minnesota and this part of the country, there's a lot of endurance of triathlons. And I'm like, well, that, I'd like to do that. And so I did one couple of years post-surgery and I was hooked. So, but that was a sprint. And then slowly, but surely I worked up to where I did the Olympic or international distance and then worked up to a half iron man. I had have, I can't say I've run it, but I completed a couple of marathons because that's part of the Ironman just to know I'm capable of doing it. So it just, it's a bucket list. Now, maybe I'll do it and I'll feel good and then, you know, and say, okay, that's it. And I almost hope that. I'm sure my wife hopes that too. So, so. That's awesome. Well, we here for those of us, I'm speaking for all of us with Ability MK now with how impressed I am with with what you've done with your talents and abilities. I actually I want to throw this back over to Kurt and see what kind of uh, thoughts are on the top of his mind at this point. Well, this, <clears throat> this is a crucial component for Ability MK now because we're framed here to speak to our fellow Milwaukeeans to 
think about, you know, right off the bat with our face spaces and, you know, our service organizations around Milwaukee in the metropolitan area, southeastern Wisconsin, and, you know, hoping we don't stay in an echo chamber bubble and, uh, you know, not sprawl out like we do here at AbilityMK now, bringing in guests from around the world and around the nation and, uh, you know, with our bordering states like Minnesota, you know, and whatever. And so we look at the education that, that we can glean from like a great radio station like River West Radio. And, you know, and we look at our, you know, civic activities from the city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, and, you know, our regional stuff, um, you know, with the wild counties and, you know, all around us here. And, you know, looking at being connected, being out in the community and doing stuff. You know, and yeah, we want to look at this fun stuff, how we entertain ourselves and, you know, the hobbies, pastimes, sports, leisure activities, travel. And so as, as I hear you talking, Michael, I, I hear that, you know, this is something that, you know, you've been enjoying when you look at lifestyle development and just kind of having a baseline where you can enjoy life, um, you know, you, you know, have whatever challenges you have, but, you know, when you're not in the middle of working through stuff, you're out there doing stuff and you're doing it with others. And, you know, that's just the great thing. So, you know, the Courage Kenny program, um, you know, this is imperative stuff. You know, Sue and I are here on this radio station because, you know, we're passionate about making these connections. The, the biggest um, healthcare crisis known to humankind is social isolation. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So Michael, that's, that's where this stems from is that's where you're getting a little bit of well-being is by being connected and doing things. And you're seeing that you're having that effect on others, right? Michael, that they're becoming more active by how you approach it. Yes. And like you talk about social isolation, of course, um, COVID, it did that to a lot of us. I mean, I mean, and there's some good things that came out of COVID, and this is one of them. I've met all kinds of folks, H&P and networking, you know, the. so that's one of the good things, but still you have to get out and be with folks. I mean, talking about the veterans events, going to DEV, we didn't get to have it from in 2020 and 2021, and you feel separated. For, you know, I call it my family away from my family. And uh, I mean, I look forward, you know, going to DV, you know, it's not even so much that's not the ski anymore. I get a couple of more days of skiing for me, but it's just getting to see people. I mean, it's that is, and it's the same way when I do the triathlons, like I'm hooked up with Dare to Try out of Chicago. Um, and uh large pair triathlon club, and it's like, you know. I've got, I made some really good friends through that. I mean, not just, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, it's fun to do things, but just to see each other and relate to it. So, cause I think, I don't even want to say the military, but I think folks disabled and I had no clue what disabled or the challenges are, you know, mine's categories of brain injury. Well, brain injury, I never understood brain injuries until I actually had one. And now, I mean, <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the barbecue sauce, the gluten-free, now brain injuries, they brought it to the front, you know, I mean, and when they say not every, no two brain injuries are exactly alike, but when you talk about, well, you look normal, whatever, and 
you know, it, it's a new normal. It's how you have to adapt to it. So. I know we have a friend uh, that does a lot with, with um, uh, the, the ability center is a, a an organization that he's working on to have that actually be a physical reality here in Milwaukee. And he's mm -hmm. the one that taught me uh, all about the, the concept of tab of temporarily able-bodied. We all are, even those of us who, who can, who identify as not having a disability, it, it's, te it's temporary. If you're around long enough, you're going to have some kind of issue, whether it's just age related types of things that happen or, or injury or, or who knows. And that is something that until something personally does happen to you, you don't think about some of these things or, or it's, it's not, I think about a friend that's in a wheelchair and until you actually are in a wheelchair, you don't even think about things like, oh, is there a curb cutout where I can actually get to the building I want to get to that's across the mm -hmm. street where I need to go, you know, <laughs> things like that, that until it affects you personally, a lot of times we don't have the presence of mind to actually even think about that. And that's part of our goal here is to really get people to open their eyes and see beyond their, beyond themselves and beyond their little bubble of their own, right? Yeah. So, and my what? wife, my wife actually, who's an occupational therapist, she was born with one arm. And uh, the fact she went to OT school and, you know, she always talked about she was a late bloomer, got out of high school, didn't know what she was going to do, did different things. She's going to be an x ray tech, was in a car accident and everything. She ended up being a pediatric occupational therapist. She was put on this earth to do that. She has her passion for it. And, uh, you know, she doesn't sit there and, oh, I can't do this. And, and to me, um, can't is not, is, is a wrong answer. So, so I like that. Taking that word out of the vocabulary, that makes a big difference. Yeah. It, it has yeah. a lot to do with attitude and how you, how you look at things. That's, it's like what we've talked about a lot with happy neighborhood project, just what the concept is there of, of how to, how to see things, how to make connections, how to approach people mm -hmm. and, and, and we're obviously very drawn to that. And, and I'm thankful that that was the way that we've all been brought together here too. Yep. So, and I, I know we're getting uh, down to our last couple of minutes, but I do want to ask you, is there anyone that now that you've been kind of a leader in like with the adaptive skiing programs and whatnot, did you have anyone that was a participant that you helped out with that you saw something like a light bulb turning on kind of moment with somebody else is there any particular stories that stood out for you well one student i'm not you know because it's hip and so i'm not going to say a name but um it was a i'd say a young man who is born something neurological or whatever but every time you get him skiing he would just light up he had the smile on his face so you knew he was enjoying it and just seeing that and, uh, you know, and then I worked with a couple other, stu you know, students one last year. And, wow, I can't say his name, can't remember his name, part of his brain injury. But, you know, you could tell he was just enjoying it, you know, to get up and go down hills, you know, a few hills. I mean, it's like, hey, they're outside. And that's another thing, too. You talk about isolation. In 2021, we weren't able to have the program. Now, because I had access, I was able to go out skiing, which everybody was, you know, to get out of the house. And and then I went out west that year. But, you know, these students, I mean, they look forward to that. And not having them out there for a year is, 
was really tough. And then last year we were back, but it was a smaller group. And so this year, hopefully we'll be back up to capacity, you know, because, and I always said in 2020, I said, this, it isn't for, this isn't for, yeah, for now, I'm glad I had to be here, but they, a lot of these students, they need this more than I do now. Cause I know, you know, I have, you know, blessed that I can go have the opportunity to ski and I know what I'm doing, but you got to get people out. And it's, I guess it goes back if you're disabled or, you know, or mental health, you can't just sit home, you know, now all the time you have to have interaction and that's starting too. you know, spring off in the veterans. I mean, it's a totally different issue, but it's, it's not, it's an epidemic, uh, you know, an average of 22 veterans, you know, were take, you know, taking their lives a day. And I, from what I heard, it went up in COVID. I don't know specifically the number. Yeah, I know we've actually talked about that quite a bit on here too. And and that's where I, I would love to continue our conversation. Maybe you can come back again in the, a future episode. Uh, but for this evening, I, I can't thank you enough, Michael, for being here with us. And for Kurt, Emily, and I here with Ability MKE now, we thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it anytime.